Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to Recovery Radio Podcast on KMB3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. I will be your host. You can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail. Follow me on Instagram sarcastic.aa.book Visit my websites recoveryradiokmp3.com and to get the books sarcasticbigbook.com As always, so glad you're here with me. I don't know if your day is just getting started or it's just winding down or it's somewhere right in the middle, but here we are. You and me. I am glad for that. I'm grateful I have no desire to drink today. I do have a cup of piping hot French roast coffee here from Trader Joe's. Mixed with some Don Francisco's hazelnut. It is delicious. Today you're going to hear from one of my favorite people in Alcoholics Anonymous. Calling up a friend of mine. She can talk to you right now. Her name is Lucy. Hi, Lucy. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to talk to you. You're one of my favorites. You're such an amazing example of this program. Um, you're just so bullshitless. I love every time you share, I just, I get really fired up. I can't contain myself. I start throwing things and kicking things around and making a big scene. Um, do you want to introduce yourself uh, in a general way, you know, <laughs> how we do it? Well, you know what? I love Alcoholics Anonymous. It's, it's given me my life. And I have the experience of being Alcoholics Anonymous, and it's not working for me. And I've been sober about 10 and a half years. Um, after a, a relapse, um, well, we'll go a little back further. I found Alcoholics Anonymous in 1986 and stayed there for 17 and a half years. And it was, you know, it was a social thing for me and it was, it was great, but nobody ever, you know, shared the message with me. And, you know, I, I mean, it got pretty, pretty damn dark. Wait a minute for, um, so wait, for how long were you there? I was there for 17 and a half years. And nobody, nobody told you anything? You know, not, you know, not really. People would say to me, um, well, read, read that and do it. And I, I would read by myself. Nobody ever sat with me and decoded anything. And I would say, okay, this all sounds very cool, but I really, I'm not really understanding what, what's happening here. I think I had one sponsor that said to me, all right, do you see those three columns in the, the that are written down there in the 
in the big book, and I said, yeah, and she said, okay, do that, and that, that's your fourth step, and I thought, what the fuck? Wow. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, and then she had me sit there, and I'll never forget, we sat there, her husband was watching football, it was on a Monday night, I can tell you, I'm a big football person, so Monday night football was on, he was watching football, and she was listening to me read these three columns, which really just helped me to stay pissed off. Right, of course. Yeah, and, and that's all he did. And, and then, you know, and, so what happened? And, well, you know what, if you're as stubborn as I am, you know, you, you can do this, you know, for a long time. And I did. And, you know, ultimately, you know, it just ended up where I just had, you know, a real big crisis in my life having to do with one of my, my kids. And, you know what, I just didn't have any other choice but to pick up a drink. Right. That night. I mean, that was it. Right. Of course, I didn't get it at the time that right. that was, you know, that I didn't have a choice and that I was powerless over it. But I, you know, I that's what happened. And I spent seven and a half years, you know, out there um, just drinking myself to death. I mean, I I was not a daily drinker. When I went back, when I relapsed, I drank. I within two week period, I drank every day. Right. Every single day. And I did that for seven and a half years. I left my family. I left the whole, the whole deal. And, so when you, know, you, I, when you were out there, did you know, did, you, did it make sense to you why you didn't stay sober? No. I had no idea. It didn't make any sense to me. When I, when I came back in after a suicide attempt, I, this is the, it was the last place I wanted to go. Because as far as I was concerned, it didn't work. It was all bullshit. I didn't get what anybody was talking about. Um, I was the guy who evidently didn't get it. All these other people got it. And and honestly, I just didn't want to have to go to lunch anymore or to the movies or to barbecues. Right. <laughs> right. I, didn't want, I didn't. Wait, did you, did you make amends? No. Never. Never. So, did, you, did, you, did you sponsor anyone? Did you do that? What? I'm sorry, what? Did you sponsor anybody? So you went to meetings for years. Yep. You wrote down the first three columns of the inventory, which is just why you're mad. As far as we ever got. And that was it. That was it. And you were still... And you, But you thought that you had done it all. Well, I thought intellectually that I understood what all this stuff was about. Nobody seemed to really even care or direct me to do anything further. Right. So I thought, okay, well... This must, that must be it. Right. <laughs> must be all I have to do. So then you were you were out for a long time, and then you came back, and I know you're a you're hardcore big book now. Yeah. Well, you know what? It was just a whole set of circumstances that today I totally understand was God directing me completely. Right. Um. I I went back into kind of the same sort of a deal that I had been in before. I had a couple of sponsors that wanted to go to the movies. They wanted to take me to lunch. They wanted to go to their house. I mean, and I and and I thought, okay, well, I don't know. And just an odd set of circumstances sent me to a meeting that I had never been to and ran into somebody that I had known in my first sobriety. And he directed me to some women who were really very focused on going through the book. Right. And I just kind of threw my, I, I thought, uh, okay, all right. So I went and I was, and I do have to say that the first woman that sat down and really actually started to read it with me and help me to understand it, I, it just blew my mind. Right. 
it blew my mind that I had nobody had ever said to me, read that. Right. Yeah. And yeah. now today you, you sponsor people and you go to meetings a lot. And <clears throat> I know you're yeah. going, I know you're going, the circumstances in your life have been challenging. Yeah. And, Very. but you want to speak to that at all? How you've been navigating that and how the steps have been working in your life? You know, I think that, you know, when I first came into, you know, back into, into the rooms and started going to going through this work, I thought I had some, some things, you know, circumstances, problems, whatever you want to call them, um, compared to what have happened over the last couple of years. You know, you talk about how families get reunited and things like that. And my family has unraveled. Right. It has unraveled right in front of my, my eyes. And to me, the miracle of it is, is that, you know, just doing this relationship thing with this, this weird thing that I don't get and asking constantly, how can I help? What is it that I can do? You know, is there somebody out there? It, it gets me out of my head. And I never understood that it was that simple. Right. I never got that part of it at all. And, you know, my family continues to unravel. I mean, I have one child I haven't seen for two and a half years, and I have no idea why. And that is the honest to God truth. I don't know why. Um, and, you know, I have another kid that, you know, he's, he, you know, well, the grandkids, he's one of us, you know, and is very in it right now. Right. You know, he's, I, you know, I got to stand with, you know, my, um, their dad and, and he passed away, you know, several months ago. And, you know, I got to help him through that. And it, it just, it rocks my world that I can actually, you know, as they say, you know, put my big girl pants on and act like, you know, a human being who can care about other people as all of these things that are going on. Because the world goes on. Right. It goes on. I mean, shit happens to a lot of people. Right. Some of it's even more tragic than, you know, than I think my circumstances are. And yet, you know, I am blown away by people that, you know, hold their head up and walk through it. And I've been able to do it. Right. Something that I never thought I would be able to do. And I can't, and I can, you know, I can turn around and have joyful times within it. Because I have, you know, I got grandkids, you know, I have another daughter, I, I have a son-in-law, you know, I got a, I got another part of my family that I can, you know, be of service to. Right. On a daily basis. So, you know, and for me, I really had to get to the place where it all just had to be ridiculously simple. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, let me... I'm not the person that can be, you know, the, the spiritual guru of a lot of things. I just got to keep it simple. So <clears throat> I wanted to ask you if you could walk me through your going from not having a higher power to relying on a higher power. Okay, well, you know what? It just started in the very beginning of it, you know, when they... And I had no idea this that that was part in the big book either was, you know, I just started to, okay, the first night that I that I really started to do this, I came into to my room and I sat here and I 
I said, you know, okay, I have absolutely no idea what the fuck I'm doing here. And I don't know even if, if you exist, if you're there, but I'm here. And, and I just started like that. That was the first night. Right. I said, dude, what's up? Right. Here I am. And, and every day it has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And pretty soon what I started to see was, is that, you know, God showed up all around me everywhere. And I, I spent a lot of time just really having these really bizarre conversations. Like I'm just sitting in a room talking to myself or in my car. Right. You know, and having a conversation just like I would with a friend. Do you remember a time when it seemed impossible to believe in God? Uh, you mean during this sobriety? Or? At, at, at all. Like when you, when you, when you were first coming to AA. You know, I, I think I didn't even know that I didn't have a relationship. Right. I thought I always did. I, I never had a problem with the whole idea of the God thing. I never did. Right. Okay, so but what was... I had no idea that I could tap into it. Right. And that it was going to be pretty simple for me to do. Do you remember the first time you said to yourself, wow, this is working? Like the pope. Yes. Yes. When was that? <laughs> I distinctly remember it. I was in. I was sitting in a meeting. I was sitting in a meeting, and it. I. I you know. Well, I'm very much like you. I. I'm pretty. I'm really sarcastic, and I can throw things out really quickly. And every meeting that I sat in, in this one particular meeting. There was a person that used to sit next to me, and I used to sit there and and literally just throw out sarcastic remarks about people that were sharing or who dressed funny or who did whatever they did in the meeting. And I would do it every day. And there was this a woman that was um, that was sharing, and she was a bit annoying. And and it I all of a sudden started to lean over. And when I started to lead over and I dead stopped and I thought, there you are. You're letting me know. Don't don't do that. Because it just won't be a kind thing to do. Hmm. And he and the guy actually looked at me because he was waiting for it. <laughs> hmm. He was waiting for the remark. And it was right then when I thought, oh, okay. Huh. I get it. Right. So if I, if I somehow subconsciously pull you in there, you'll let me know. Right. And that was when I knew that I had this relationship and that if I kept it up and kept doing it and listened and asked more, right. it, it, it would happen. And it has with everything that I've done. Um, what is, what, what do you struggle with in AA? <laughs> How people will take things in the big book and misconstrue it yeah and and well and most of it is is that you know i I think people are really well-intentioned but they you know because i got caught up in all of the you know you have to go to 90 meetings in 90 days and you have to call your sponsor and oh my god and think your way through through the drink i thought if i could think my way through a fucking drink i wouldn't be i wouldn't be sitting in this chair and you know all these stupid things that really have nothing to do with what's written there Right. 
And, and I, but I never understood that. I didn't get it. And I think that unfortunately that happens a lot yeah. in a lot of meetings. Cause I'm going to tell you the meetings that I went to when uh, were big, huge, popular meetings right. that everybody went to right. and they had these guru sponsors and they had, the, I mean, it was, it was nuts. Right. You know, and, and really, you know, it's, it was all about what, what their human mouths were saying and not, not really what was any instruction in the big book. Right. They were all about the fellowship. Let's put it that way. A lot. Right. Well, if you had, we're about out of time, but if you had, um, just a minute to say something to somebody who was struggling in AA or thinking about joining AA, um, what, what would you say? I would say that AA can be confusing depending upon, you know, where you show up at. And I would hope that anybody would do as, you know, I had the opportunity to do the second time around, which was to pay attention, to really pay attention and to seek out places where I could hear messages and watch people who actually did what they said. Right. Yeah, I yeah, I wrote in a spiral notebook, pay attention, like through a whole thing. And, and today I know that that was God telling me, you need to pay attention to, to people in front of you, not what people are saying, what they're doing. Right. That's good. I love yeah. that. Well, shit, I love you so much. I, I really appreciate you letting me call you and have you on the show. Well, anytime. I'll never forget the first show that you had when you texted me and you said, I want you to be on the show. How many shows ago was that? Oh, my gosh. That was a long time ago, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. It was probably, it was probably, it was, I used to smoke a lot of glue. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that. It's okay. <laughs> well, I love you so much, and um, I will see you at, at a meeting tomorrow, I'm sure. Yes, you will. I love you, too. Thanks for calling me. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. Lucy. So awesome. Yeah, there it is. That's my friend Lucy. Does so much. Help so many people. So many people tell me about how helpful she is to them. I love people like that. She doesn't tell me. Other people tell me. Anyways, I want to give a shout out to a podcast greater than yourself, a Sober Gratitudes podcast. Give a shout out to the Black Rhinos International Big Book Study. And uh, please write to me. If you want to, sarcasticbigbook at Gmail. Message me on Instagram, sarcastic.a.book. I love it when you do. It means a lot to me. If anybody needs to hear it, I'll say that everything's okay. Definitely might not seem like it. It's a lot of pain right now. in the world people are going through but God's right here 
if you're listening to this, right here in this moment, right here, right here with you right now. I know. So, I don't know why my life was saved, but I am going to go try to live a life that was worth saving. And I hope you do the same. <laughs>